you again. I think you may be a glutton for punishment. Enter. This is the last story I shall tell you about the haunted zoo at Elmwood Park. It is a tale of tarantulas. True. But, more to the point, it is a tale of fear. And of one man who believed that he could overcome said fear. So I want you to take a moment to think not of tarantulas, but of whatever your greatest fear is. Could you face it? And did he? On the Rasafari Spooky Spectacular. <laughs> we still were able to have some really meaningful animal experiences really foster empathy. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a love for all things animal. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, rescues, and rehab facilities. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, volunteers, anyone who is as passionate about animals as I am. Join me on my Rossafari. Howdy! Welcome back to the third and final installment of the Rossafari Spooky Spectacular. This is the one we've all been waiting for, isn't it? Making the decision to come face to face with my greatest fear, and then to try to actually handle said fear? When I came up with the idea to do this, I literally thought it would be in a few years. Then, as the podcast took off and the last three months became so incredible, I thought, eh, why not go for it? Speaking of going for it, you should go make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Also, you can go and give it a five-star rating, and maybe even go give it a review. After that, you can go to rossafari.com, rossafari.redbubble.com, patreon.com slash rossafari, and finally, go to at rossafari on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, no spoilers here. I don't want to talk too much in the intro about my experience, but I will say this. I was incredibly fortunate to have someone as excited and empathic as Marissa Hadley, a conservation educator at Elmwood Park Zoo, as my guide for this adventure. Marissa is a reformed arachnophobe and also shares my passion for turtles, so after the main event, we do take some time to talk about the amazing ambassador turtles at EPZ. But... Now it is time to venture into that realm of fear. Again, I ask you to think, what would it take for you to face down that which intimidates you? How would it go if you did? Meet now the spooky guide for this adventure, Marisa Hadley of Elmwood Park Zoo. All right, so tell me who you are, where we are, and what you do here. Excellent. Um, I am Marissa, and um, I am a conservation educator here. I'm one of our educators in our education department at Elmwood Park Zoo in Norristown. Very cool. And uh, anyone listening to the pod already knows this is my favorite zoo. I love it here. It's like a little family. Um, and so tell me what you do in your position. Um, so... Being an educator, I do quite a lot of educating. So I do lots of teaching here at the zoo. We do some on-site programs. Um, we do Zoo on Wheels where we travel off-site. Um, I also um, 
manage our summer camp program. Um, so I helped to coordinate and um, come up with all the crazy camp ideas um, for our summer camp. Um, so uh, I run that and I also um, do a lot with our accessibility here at the zoo um, and we do lots of programs with um, partners. Um, we work a lot with um, some of our local um, schools um, like Royer Greaves School for the Blind and Overbrook School for the Blind um, and we get to bring animals to them. Um, that's unfortunately postponed for this year um, sure, but sure. in the past we've done a lot of that and that's been just a really wonderful experience and it's one of my favorite parts of working here um, is getting to provide those experiences. Very cool. Now, I, I did not realize that you did the uh, summer camps. So sure before do. we get to animal stuff, um, you managed to pull off summer camps this summer safely in a COVID environment. I did. <laughs> I am so proud of you. When I came here for the first time, once things opened back up, and I saw a summer camp, I was briefly concerned. But of course, knowing mm -hmm. how, how safe this place is and how how conscientious everyone here is, that quickly turned to just awe and wonder. How did you do that? <laughs> um, so the concern was mutual. Um, <laughs> I was definitely concerned um, for obvious reasons. Um, I wanted to make sure that we provided a safe space. Um, and that was kind of the goal, you know, with a lot of things going virtual, we wanted to provide something that was in person that was safe. Um, and, you know, a kids, a place for kids to, you know, be kids um, and be with each other safely, um, which was really one of our goals. Um, and so, you know, we were able to stay um, COVID free all summer, which was just excellent. Um, everyone stayed really safe and healthy. And, you know, we were able to still provide a lot of those really awesome animal experiences. You know, we had parents telling us that this was the first time that their kid was really joyful, you know, and the first time in a long time. So I feel like we were able to provide a lot of hope. Um, and it took a lot of uh, strategizing um, and a lot of support from my teammates, um, which was really excellent. Um, and my director, Laura. Um, so, you know, it was really, and a zoo wide, they really were so, um, so supportive of running a safe camp and, you know, giving me all the resources that I needed um, to really help provide that safe space, which was awesome. We had so much fun this summer. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Like I said, I just, oof, when I first saw that, I, I could not believe it. I am, I am incredibly impressed. Nice work. Well, thank you. That must've taken a lot of, a lot of research too, and a lot of keeping up on all of the crazy right now. Yes. Um, things were, um, very much ever changing. So, you know, in the beginning, um, and camp started in June, so things were still kind of up in the air. Um, and so we were, um, it was a lot of, a lot of reading of articles and seeing what our best practices could be and sanitizing a lot of things <laughs> all the time. Um, but you know, Know, it was um, we still were able to have some really meaningful animal experiences. You know, we were still able to really, you know, build those connections and really foster empathy. So it was really cool. Love it. Love it. Love the phrase foster empathy, too. That's that's yeah. a great goal to have in life. It's definitely one of our main goals in our education department is just to, you know, sh share the kindness and spread the love. Very, very cool. All right. So. Um, enough of this love crap because this is supposed to be a scary Halloween episode. No, I'm kidding. But yes, we're going spooky here. So um, let's let's talk about the reason that I'm here. And for those who have listened to all the episodes, you know this. But if not, um, I am a huge arachnophobe, and this all stemmed from when I was growing up. I never liked spiders, but when I was in uh, elementary school, I went to Boy Scout camp 
and we stayed in these these permanent tents that were there. And um, one night it was raining, and I woke up, and directly above my head, where the kind of side and top of the tent met, were, oh, I don't know, 50 <gasps> daddy longleggers that had all congregated right above me. And I woke up to pee, and I turned on a flashlight, and they were all inches above my head. And I freaked out, yes. Um, I'm seeing a spider keeper sitting across from me freaking out right now. So, yes, I freaked out. I was very scared. I made it through the night, but did not make it through that week at scout camp. And from that point on, even the littlest spider, the you know little tiny things that normally you can just squish with your pinky finger if that's the route you want to take, um, would send me to the other side of the room. And I've had a long running uh, joke with uh, with Zoe, my girlfriend, that um, I, I've seen spiders with flamethrowers. I know that they have them, and so that is that is part of why I'm afraid because I know this is an illogical fear, but it is the deepest, most insane fear that I have ever had. And it is so authentic, and it is so real, and I have been working on it for the last couple of years. And my goal was um, just to get better at it. And now, I have some spiders that that are living with me right now, just like little daddy longleggers that I let keep their webs, and I talk to them. And um, I have um, done a lot of handling of spiders, and... Um, as we're saying this, a tarantula just came into the room. Oh my gosh, there's Rosie. Okay. And this was this was the goal. I wanted to experience a tarantula. And um, yikes. Okay. Um, Rosie is large and Rosie is moving. And I, I wish they didn't do that. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to do a quick interrupting John here to tell you a little bit about what this experience was like since you can't see it. The original plan for this interview was that I was going to do the entire interview with Marissa and then after that move on to the classroom where she would go and get Rosie and then I would attempt to handle Rosie. As you heard, this is not what happened. Instead, about six and a half minutes into the interview, the door opened and in came basically a Tupperware container containing a tarantula. As you heard, it really threw me for a loop and was incredibly unexpected. I was not terrified, but not the most comfortable I've ever been either. The, um, the actual container was semi-transparent, semi-opaque, so I could just see the shadow of Rosie as she was moving. The container had a lid on it, and Marissa placed it kind of next to her, Okay, back to the interview. But um, but let's talk a little bit. So talk me through spiders a little bit, and tarantulas specifically. But tell me why my fear is unfounded. Okay, great. Um, so sorry for the surprise spiders. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprise spiders are the worst. Um, so yes, um, spiders. You know, for the most part, the majority of them are really you know not harmful to humans. There's a very small number of spiders that can actually do harm, um, and they're normally not the ones that you suspect. They're not the really enormous, scary ones that are the size of your hand. Those ones are generally 
very kind and, um, you know, don't mean you any harm. Um, so the, the tarantula that I specifically work with is Rosie. She is a, um, a Chilean rose tarantula. Um, and so they're called Chilean rose tarantulas because they're kind of pink. Um, so these guys, um, do, there are technically venomous, um, but their venom is really meant for bugs. It's not meant for humans. Um, they are a, uh, a new world tarantula. Um, so they are on this, um, hemisphere. So they are from South America, from Chile. Um, and, they really are just meant to hunt small animals. Um, so their venom, although they can use it on a person, is not going to be anything more than like a bee sting. So it's really not going to hurt you very much. Um, and it's, you know, really meant just for them to eat. Um, and so tarantulas are, um, definitely the thing that got me, um, more used to spiders because this gal was also a, very much an arachnophobe. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. Oh, yeah. So I, um, was very fearful and had a moment when I was younger um, where I was very scared of spiders. Um, thanks to my mom's fear that she projected on me as a very young child. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was uh, lots of fear around spiders. Um, I almost didn't study abroad in college to Australia because I was too afraid of the spiders that were there. Yep. Yeah, I get um, this. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds insane, but at the same time, I, I get it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was literally going to not go there because I was like, nope, the spiders are huge and they are the size of a small child and blow dry their hair. And, you know, <laughs> um, so that was horrifying to me. Um, and then I went there and saw said large spiders um, and was very scared, um, but came back a little less afraid of the smaller friends that we have in this hemisphere. Um, but um, Rosie is um, a very gentle animal. And it took me a long time to really differentiate the difference between being a little nervous around animals and disliking them. Um, because I always thought that I, you know, really, really hated spiders. I thought I didn't like them. Um, but I always found myself looking at pictures or like reading more about them. Cause I was like, well, if I'm going to be scared about them, I better know everything. Um, and then, you know, I, spent more time with Rosie. Um, the first tarantula I ever handled was actually at the Lehigh Valley Zoo. Okay. Um, and, um, I handled a tarantula named Flick. Um, and, uh, she was also very nice. (laughs) And, you know, over time I just told myself that it was just another small furry animal and that we could get along. Um, and I realized that you can definitely, you know, respect an animal and, um, and not like them, or you can be afraid of an animal and still learn to find them interesting. So, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can, you know, they're, they're, you know, you can do both. You can really um, enjoy spiders and be nervous about them and that's okay. Um, and so for me, I am definitely still a little nervous about Rosie. Interesting. Um, yeah, but you know, I think that she is so cool that all of her, you know, the interesting things about her are so much more worth it than my fear about her. Um, and really, you know, my fears are mostly unfounded and it's mostly just the way that she moves, which is not the, you know, it's just her moving around. She's got a few extra legs than we do. Um, and so I think that it seems maybe a little unnatural, but, um, she is just, uh, she's so cool and tarantulas are so cool. Um, so, um, yeah, she's, uh, she really taught me how to love tarantulas. Amazing. Well, I'm hoping that she'll have the same effect on me because when she came in here, I kind of almost peed in my pants a little <laughs> bit, but just a little bit. So, um, 
So, okay, so let's talk about what makes tarantulas so amazing. I need to look at you. I just keep staring <laughs> at Rosie. I'm not even afraid. I'm just fascinated at this point. But, yeah. Um, yeah, what, what makes tarantulas so cool? So um, I think that, you know, they are um, – they have, you know, eight legs. Everyone thinks spiders have eight legs. And tarantulas, um, they have eight legs, but they also have two additional pedipalps that kind of look like legs. So if you ever look at a tarantula, you might mistake them for having ten legs, which oh. is more terrifying. But um, they actually – So far you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, but these guys, you know, they really um, – they – I think that they're super interesting in their, um, like – the females will live to be about 25 for Chilean rose oh, wow. tarantulas. Yep. And the males only live about three years. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but um, so the ladies do live a lot longer. Um, they do often eat the males though also. Um, it's a pretty common spider thing. Um, so the females tend to be a little bit larger. Um but Rosie here, you know, these guys are maximum of about, I think they only get about five to six inches um, in diameter. Um, their little legs all spread out. Um, so they, you know, they're really one of the smaller tarantula species. Um, and they are very gentle, uh, you know, and they look kind of big, bad, and scary, but they're really meant for defense. Um, so they do have, they're covered in um, little hairs. Um, and so it's not fur, it's... um even though I think that they look like little furry animals, um, they are covered in these urticating hairs. Um, and those hairs, they're able to flick off their body. And they're kind of like little fiberglass splinters. So, okay. um, and that allows them to, so if something goes to eat them and they like grab a leg in their mouth or something, you know, their tongue is just filled with all these little fiberglass splinters, which is just horrifying um, for that animal, right? So that's gonna, they're gonna spit that out and they're gonna be like, oh, that's not edible. Um, so, but you know, tarantulas, they're not really on the offensive. They're really meant to defend themselves. Um, they're not going to chase you down, um, which is good. Um, and they, you know, like Rosie, she definitely has a personality. She loves to explore. Okay. Um, and so she's going to use her little, her little feet as all her little legs, um, to explore around. Um, these guys are able to kind of taste using their feet. Um, so they can taste if something is, you know, poisonous or, um, they're able to explore their environment using that sense. Um, so these guys are really going to, spend a lot of their time just kind of cruising around looking for food um, or hunkering down. These guys really like to hang out in small caves or cracks um, and wait for something to come along. Um, they're really not too much outgoing looking for food as much as they like to just kind of walk around. Like Rosie just loves to explore. She's just right, always right. constantly exploring. Um, but they're more ambush predators when it comes to food. They're just going to kind of wait for something to come along and then snack on it. Um, and uh, – I personally love the way that they molt. Um, so being a invertebrate, they're going to molt off their exoskeleton. Um, and the first time I saw it, I like panicked because I thought that the tarantula was deceased. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Because it was on its back and also the legs were like curled up. And I was like... I've definitely seen some smushed spiders before, and I was like, that's, that's no longer in the land of the living. Um, but it was um, just molting, and they go on their backs, and they literally just just like a sweater. They just kind of like slide out. Crazy. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, for those listening, if you go back and listen to the Colleen Adams episode of uh, the podcast, you will hear um, 
a pretty entertaining story about uh, when Colleen was taking care of tarantulas and did not know that they molted. And yeah. It's, it's a good story. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll let you guys go back and listen to that. But it's, apparently that can be pretty entertaining. So, yeah. So what do tarantulas eat? Um, so they are carnivores um, and they're going to eat mostly, it depends on the tarantula. Um, but for Rosie here, she eats crickets. Mostly crickets, small. The occasional insects. human? The occasional small child, yeah, but okay. only the bad ones. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm mm-hmm. a pretty good kid, so, and I'm not small, <laughs> so that, that works. All right. Very fair. Um, <laughs> so, um, some larger tarantula species, they'll eat, you know, they can eat things like small mice um, and small animals, um, but for the most part, um, they are going to be eating insects and other invertebrates. Cool. Um, what does she feel like? Um, so a little prickly. I mean, her, you know, her hairs are definitely, um, they're more stiff. They're not like soft, um, um, flowing in the breeze kind of hairs. Um, they're definitely a little prickly. Um, but she has, she's, she's very gentle and she really doesn't weigh a lot. She's really light, um, because she is just an exoskeleton. Um, so she, um, it is a weird feeling. I don't know if I can fully describe it to you though, but, um, you might just have to see for yourself. Well, yes, yes, but I, I'm trying to make that less scary. Actually, I've got. I, I will tell you. All joking aside, um, when I scheduled this, I was shocked that I was not afraid, and I have not felt afraid at all. And t- this morning, I woke up and I had a little bit of the queasy, but it went away. I've, I've had a lot of other animal time here today, which has helped. Um, and then um, it wasn't until unexpected spider came in that I actually got a little nervous. But even now, like, my hands aren't shaking or anything and Excellent. genuinely expected them to be. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, yeah. look at you go. Yeah, no, this is, this is going well so far. Um, even though, like I said, I literally cannot make, meet your eyes for more than, like, a second because I'm back on her. Would you like to but see her? Yes, I think I would. Okay. Yes, let's. Um, so, remember in a little snap container... Oh, look at her. She's bigger than I thought. Yeah, and she is just beautiful. She is very pretty. Um, They do have eight eyeballs. Okay. um, But they really can't see. Really? Yeah, they have terrible eyesight. Um, so they're really going to rely on their other senses and mostly those hairs to help them like explore and, you know, really, um, understand where they're going. Right. Um, and tarantulas are super fragile. Um, so one of the things that I do find really interesting about tarantulas is that, you know, we tend to be so afraid of them, but you know, if she were to, you know, fall from even like a, a few feet, she would probably not make it. Like oh, she wow. wouldn't survive a fall. Um, cause her butt, the way her body weight is and her exoskeleton, these guys can't handle like a, an impact like that. Okay. Um, so they're super fragile despite the pretty crazy bad rap that they get for being like, you know, monstrous. Um, Oh goodness. Look at you. Yeah. I particularly like these like little toes that she has. On oh the yeah. Look at that. Yeah. They're really cute. <laughs> they are so cute. Wow. Um, and you can see, so those two smaller kind of leg looking yeah, things yeah. at the front, those are those pedipalps. Okay. And she uses them kind of like antennas. So she's going to use them to really feel around. Um, and so if you're, you know, looking at your, um, your daddy long leg friends, you might see them do the same kind of thing where they'll kind of feel around with those two front legs. Interesting. So, um, talk to me about their webs. So she, um, 
Rosie does lay webs, um, and they are more of a mat. Um, so she lays them flat on the ground, um, and she's going to lay them down um, in just right on the dirt. And sometimes they're really hard to see, um, but the, it's kind of just like a blanket. She just kind of lays it down. She'll spin that web um, using her little spinnerets um, on the back there. Um, and she's going to utilize um, those uh, that web to kind of put out this big sheet and then so if something were to step on it it'll send vibrations all the way to wherever she's you know sitting waiting um, right. so that's what makes her a really great ambush predator is that kind of extra um little tool that she uses um which are that you know that that web um that matted web um that she'll lay on the ground which is pretty cool yeah when she moves it's um it, it is. It's that. It's that motion that just seems wrong somehow. That it's a little freaky, but I know yeah. it's not. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling a lot better than I expected to. Yeah. But also, like every time she does move, I'm like, oh, okay. Could you stop doing that okay. now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, and I totally understand that. Um, it took me a long time, but the, part of how I got over it was just actually watching her a lot more because I found that, you know, she really does have quite the little personality and she really does just like love to adventure. Like she just loves to cruise around um, and she'll use her little, her little feetses that, that are like extra furry, which I think is cute. It looks like she's wearing slippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. What, um, what's her habitat like? Um, so these guys um, typically live in really arid conditions. So they live in really dry areas, um, and which is funny because um, at one point we were like, "Oh, maybe she'll like her enclosure misted," and she hated it. She like <laughs> like crawled up onto a rock and was like like looking at her feet, like, uh, "What? What have you done?" Because everything is wet. She was like so upset about it. Oh, no, <laughs> I felt so bad. It's like never. Did I think I would feel guilty um, for a spider? But here I am feeling very guilty that I made her house wet. Um, so, yeah, she definitely likes very dry areas. Um, it's uh, relatively warm, but it doesn't have to be hot. So even though they come from very arid conditions, you know, a lot of times we think if it's dry, it's a desert. Um, but, you know, we think about hot heat, but not necessarily. So where she's from in Chile, it's like... Um, it can get really cool. Um, so it's not particularly necessarily a really warm environment, but it's going to be very dry. Um, definitely not a lot of rainfall. Um, and she's going to eat a lot of insects and she's going to mostly hide out in very, in like cracks and rocks and small caves. She's really not going to be out in the open flaunting her stuff. Um, she's going to be kind of, kind of hidden. Very cool. Um, what, what kind of enclosure do you have her in here? Um, so in here we have her um, with uh, a lot of this kind of dirt. Um, so we give her a wide variety of things to crawl on. Um, she actually has um, a pretty tall enclosure. Um, and at first I thought it was going to be too big for her. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe we should do something that's shorter and maybe wider. Um, but we found that she actually does use the vertical space, um, which I wouldn't have thought about in the past. Um, but she will really climb around. We find her webbing at like the top corners of the, of the enclosure. Um, and then we give her lots of, lots of hides. Cause again, she's going to spend a lot of her time kind of hiding. So we have lots of like, you know, fake plant material for her to crawl under. Right. Right. Very cool. Um, when, when she climbs, can she just like do the spider climbing up the wall thing? Like she that's pretty sure traditional. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, which is always interesting to me because I, 
I feel like gravity is against her because she's kind of, you know, a little little thick-bodied. But um, they still do a really great job of holding on. Um, I particularly um, – so when I, I did end up studying abroad in Australia, yeah. um, I'm one of those kids <laughs> when I was in Australia. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw one of their huntsman spiders um, and almost had a heart attack. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because they're about, you know, like, they can be like a foot long from tiptoe to tiptoe. Um, and it was on the wall just above the only door to the kitchen. Oh, no. I didn't eat that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's um, actually a pretty good diet, I'll tell you what. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Just place spiders in unexpected places. Yeah, I like that. I yep. like that. Mm-hmm. So, um... Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into keeping and what made you want to do that? Um, so I originally went to college because I thought that I wanted to be a history major um, and then very swiftly realized that um, I love turtles. and I, I also love turtles. So I'm nice. Such a turtle nerd. Um, and I uh, absolutely um, ended up um, just – falling in love with working with animals. Um, I did an internship where I, you know, worked briefly with some, uh, turtle rehab, um, down in North Carolina. And I like just absolutely head over heels, fell in love with turtles. And I was like, I don't care what I do for the rest of my life, but there has to be turtles. Um, so I ended up, you know, getting, uh, more into the environmental science field. Um, I ended up going and studying environmental studies in college and, um, worked at, um, the safari, um, in New Jersey at the, uh, great adventure. Um, okay. Yeah. Six flags. Yeah. yeah. I have been there. Yes. yes. Um, so I was, um, a tour guide, um, okay, nice. and an animal trainer, um, for two summers. And that really changed my experience on, you know, realizing that I, I did want to share all my animal knowledge with all of the people. Um, and so I ended up, um, moving on, really becoming more interested in spreading the good word of conservation um, and, you know, getting people more, more involved and being able to care more about wildlife and the planet. Um, And I ended up at Lehigh Valley Zoo um, doing an internship and then working there part-time. And that's where I met my first tarantula. (laughs) And um, it's where I really fell in love with with educating the public, um, and particularly working with, you know, people of just all ages, um, and, you know, changing their preconceived thoughts on animals and on the planet. Um, I particularly love talking about tarantulas and about snakes, you know, and animals that people do find scary or, you know, distasteful, like, you know, because I think that that's so important to understand the things that you are afraid of. And, um, and I feel like animals is a good place to start, you know? Definitely. No, definitely. And I, I always find it amazing how different you can feel or differently you can feel about different things like, like animals. Um, like I have this fear of spiders and yet, um, I was hanging out with Sirius Black, the black rat snake earlier and holding him and he was crawling all over me and I'm the happiest. I love snakes. Snakes are amazing. Holding a snake helped me calm down and feel a little more confident about holding a tarantula. You know what I mean? And yet other people would be like, spiders are fine, but you know, snakes are scary. So I do find that really interesting. Yes. Um, and I find that a lot of it is just 
passed down fear or one experience that, you know, was misunderstood or, you know, just movies and media and, you know, you never really know, but some of the fears are mostly unfounded. And a lot of it comes from just a a misunderstanding of what it is and what they can actually do to you. And right. Um, it's, I really like to share how special some of these animals can be and how you can not like an animal and still respect it, or you can, you know, be fearful of an animal and still find them very interesting. Right. And that's something that I've always had. Well, not always, but recently have had with spiders where I've tried to, and I've come to realize like, they're great. Like, I'm like, don't kill spiders. Just also don't let them near me. And now it's okay. Let's have them near me too. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then was going to Australia part of your, your undergrad? It was. Okay, yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, did an, um, an experiential learning. It was a semester um, where I did sustainability and, and environmental action over in Australia. And that was really special. Um, I really enjoyed that. Very cool. Um, yeah. All right. So before we, we move on, should we do this? Since we're here now, yeah. let's do this. You ready? How, do, how are we going to do this? What's the- um, so what we're going to do um, is I am going to just gently um, pick her up um, and we'll have your hand just kind of over her little container here. Um, and then that way, um, you know, if you get nervous, you can just put her right back down. Okay. Um, but, uh, what we'll do is we'll just kind of have her kind of gently step up onto your hand, um, and we'll go from there. She seems very comfortable. That's the goal. That makes two of us now. Alright, so if you just want to put your hand over here. And if you want, she can She's just touch your hand. She's touching me and it feels really cute. It does. Oh my god, you're gorgeous. Yeah. Hi. And like you can see her coloration. Yeah. Wanna come say hi more? It's okay. I'm a nice guy. Happy Halloween, John. You're holding a tarantula. You're not scary at all. I know. And she just like feels around with her little furry uh-huh. faces, his little slippers, just checking you out. Oh my gosh. You're doing This is awesome. It. She's amazing. I take a picture of you. Yes, please. Oh, you're doing it. You're doing the thing. It's oh, awesome. And you can see where the exoskeleton is? So, yeah, so her whole, this whole thing is her exoskeleton. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I yep. was thinking just that part. Nope. You can see it's, the kind yep, of... Yep, it's the whole, the whole bit. Wow. Well, mission accomplished. That was awesome. That was so cool. She was so sweet and so inquisitive and so nice. I'm... I teared up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That I've been afraid of that my whole life, and it was lovely. I know. You did great. That was so good. I'm so, I'm so proud. <laughs> but it's sometimes it's like you don't even realize how much little experiences like that can change your whole, like, the next time, you know, you meet a spider, you know, you're going to have a different reaction. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. I have... I have goosebumps, but not the bad kind. I really enjoyed that. I wanted her to keep crawling on me. I'm, I am blown away. I'm, I'm, I literally have tears in my eyes. I, that was, I spent years so afraid of these things. And to the point where when I would visit an aquarium or a a herp house, 
and I would come upon the the tarantula if I didn't see the sign first, and I would just put my you know oh, what's in here. I would literally jump back like involuntarily for nothing. That was amazing. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much. That was so amazing. Now, I do have to take it to a slightly scarier place, though. Oh, great. So I need you to tell me about Nightmare, because I have had three people, (laughs) when I told them I was doing this, all three of them looked at me with absolute terror in their eyes and said, you're meeting Rosie, not Nightmare, right? (laughs) So what is wrong with Nightmare? Um, So I will say that, so Nightmare is significantly larger Mm -hmm. than Rosie. Um, She is in the bird eater family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bird eaters are a lot of, a lot of size. A A lot lot of of size. size. Yep. So she's one of the smaller species. Um, However, you know, the Goliath bird eater is the largest tarantula, you know, on the face of this earth. And talk about small puppies. um, They've been recorded to be the size of an actual puppy. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to the things of your nightmares. Um, I I think Rosie's a great start. Um, but for me, I, I personally don't handle a nightmare very much because I don't think that she likes it also. Right, makes sense. Um, and she is much more uh, flagrant about her urticating hair usage. Um, so she will flick her hairs um, and that could, you know, get, it makes your hands just a little itchy um, and it can get in your eyes, which can cause problems. So um, I think that she is, she's also um, very fast. So okay. Rosie has gotcha. a potential to be very fast, mm-hmm. um, but you'll find that a slow moving tarantula is actually much more palatable than a quick, oh, sure, galloping sure. tarantula. Um, and so, you know, Nightmare does have that kind of speed to her. Um, so it could potentially make it a little more unsafe for her, too, to handle if you do get nervous, right. you know, or if she gets nervous and decides to run off of your hand. Um, and she is just much more um, – she's just a little bit more spicy. She has a little bit more of an attitude. Um, she definitely – you know, Rosie, I think, really enjoys the company. Um, mm-hmm. She does really enjoy meeting people. Um, Nightmare is definitely more of a solo chick. She definitely uh, prefers to be on her own. I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Um, very cool. So – uh, are there any um I'm sorry, I'm like a little thrown here right now, but in a good okay. way. This was <laughs> I, such a magical experience. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, we um oh. we did a zoo school live segment on her, um, and I did the program and you know, being a reformed arachnophobe, um, I really like to talk about them and I really just love to tell people how, you know, sometimes you just have to meet them. You know, sometimes you just have to build that again, that whole fostering empathy, like you just have to care a little bit, you know, and it doesn't have to be a lot of it, but it can be a little bit, just uh-huh. enough to start to understand. Um, and we actually had one of our viewers um, end up sending us a note um, about how her daughter was very terrified of spiders. And the Rosie episode ended up being her favorite one out of all of them. And she loves spiders. And she sent me a little picture of a spider drawing that I still have. Oh, and, that's amazing. Um, and I, it really just like, you know, we are, um, you know, making real change and we are, you know, fostering more empathy. And that's been just such a special part of working with Rosie. And I'm so glad that you got to have that experience today too. Oh, so good. Um, are there any, uh, conservation organizations? This is amazing too. I'm sorry. I just need to to comment on this real quick as well. So beforehand when she was moving, it was freaking me out, even though, you know, I, I know all this good stuff now and I was, I was in it to win it. 
now I'm watching her move and I'm just fascinated. The fear is completely gone. This was the most freeing thing. I'm just, I'm fascinated by how much that one experience changed everything. Um, and you're right. That's what we I talk about this on the podcast all the time. If you meet an animal or if you get the chance to even just see, you know, animals and zoos and stuff, it really does uh, foster empathy. I love that for, I'm so stealing. That. Um, <laughs> but, and also just, just once you build that human animal bond, it, it changes everything. And she literally just made the same movement that she was making before that was freaking me out. And I was like, oh, look at that little cutie. Look at her trying to explore. It, I'm, I'm fascinated. That's yeah, so cool. <laughs> but sorry, what I was trying to say, though, is um, are there any conservation organizations or anything, and it doesn't have to be spider-related, anything that you're passionate about that you want to give a shout-out to? Um, yeah. Um, I, you know, I do think that, unfortunately, a lot of reptiles and amphibians and invertebrates don't always get the love that they need. Um, I'm a big advocate for those groups um, because I think our fun, cuddly – fuzzy in the not tarantula sense. Um, friends get a lot of attention. Um, so I'm a really big fan of the Turtle Survival Alliance. Yes, um, I love them. Yes. yes and also uh, the Amphibian Foundation um, down in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, they're doing some really great work and reintroduction and um, breeding programs down there with amphibians and um, reptiles. Um, and so, you know, I would definitely encourage people to do a little bit more research. A lot of people, you know, look very much into, you know, the big the big names, which is amazing, and they do excellent work. But um, sometimes it's those grassroots organizations that are working with local species and doing a lot of, you know, um, in situ conservation. Um, so I, yeah, those are two big ones that I really like to support. Very cool. And um, I'm curious, uh, since we have a shared love of turtles, um, do you get to work with turtles now? I sure do. Tell me about your turtles. <laughs> oh, I, but make it um, spooky. No, I'm, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, we have um, a bunch of turtles here at the zoo that I get to work with, um, which is super awesome and special. Um, my favorite, though, is Sandy the gopher tortoise. Um, oh, nice. I didn't know you guys had a gopher tortoise yeah. here. I love gopher tortoises. Uh, and she's spectacular. That's awesome. Yeah, um, she's so special. Um, and she is, um, again, just has the best personality. Um and I really love working with her. You know, there are species that's pretty controversial down in Florida. You know, they have – they're threatened and in some places they're considered endangered. And, you know, they really um, struggle with a lot of the development that's happening, you know, in, in Florida. Um, but they are just such a cool species. And the fact that they're um, a keystone species, you know, they, they really rely – their whole environment relies on them being able to – dig their holes. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's definitely, um, I would say my favorite tortoise that I get to work with. Um, but I, um, we have some box turtles here, Eastern box turtles and three toed box turtles. We have a wood turtle. Um, and, oh, I love wood turtles. Yeah. I also love box turtles, but wood turtles <sighs> are just so smart. So, so smart. Um, we actually are starting a uh, training project, actually, with one of our um, interns here at the zoo is going to start target training um, our Woody the Wood Turtle. Um, oh, nice. She's going to be stellar. I'm very excited because I think she's going to do great. Um, and then, yeah, we have a pancake tortoise named Hungry Jack. Who <laughs> is... Love that. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite the stud. We enjoy him. Um and yeah, those are those are some of the turtles that I work with here at the zoo. And I, oh my gosh, I just love all of them and their scaly little shelly selves. That's amazing. Um, 
there is uh, one of my favorite stories, and I don't think I've told it on the podcast yet. I'll have to double check, but um, I, I love turtles. Turtles are the reason I love animals. Um, Same. <laughs> I've become a huge Red Panda fan since, uh, but but like my whole life, it was turtles. And um, uh, I'm a professional drummer. That is what I do for a living. Oh my gosh! Awesome. And um, my buddy Bill, who is an amazing bass player, uh, got his band to hire me for this last minute replacement gig. Um, pretty big gig for them. And, uh, I went up there and, um, I start setting up my drums and, um, I'm very, you know, laser focused on that. And I have this big goofy drum set at the time that is, is purple sparkle with lime green hardware. And Ooh. all the guys are kind of looking at it like, mm, this guy's serious. And, um, and then, so then we go to our housing and they're trying to get to know me and have a conversation, but the housing was this gorgeous house right on a lake. And I looked out and I could see all these turtles and I just, I just, I was completely absorbed. Plus, you know, a little nervous, new gig, last minute type thing, all that good stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was just staring at the turtles to calm down. And all of a sudden I kind of hear them be like, uh, John, you okay? And apparently, I don't even remember this, but apparently I just turned around and went, yeah, I like turtles. And then just turned back to the glass. And everyone in the band kind of looked at Bill and was like, what the heck? And Bill's literally going like, no, guys, he's cool. And he's a really great drummer. I promise. It's, everything's fine. It's really cool. And I'm just staring out the window. I like turtles. Oh, so. oh yeah. No, I'm definitely that person that, um, you know, you find at parties talking about turtles. Yes. Oh, did you know about turtles? Let's talk more about turtles. Yes, and yes, then yes. that's why I don't have any friends, but it's fine. I, I one time um, had a person I was talking to on a dating app. And uh, we were having a very lovely conversation. Like, it was one of those hit-off moments. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, yeah, no. And uh, do you like animals? And she was like, yeah, blah, 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 dogs, cats, whatever. And I was like, cool, I really love turtles. And she was like, turtles are the cutest thing, except for when they come out of their shells and then they look weird. What? And I was like, that wasn't a joke, right? And she was like, nope. And I just never responded again. I kind of ghosted. And I, <laughs> not the best dating behavior. I apologize to to whoever that person was, but... I just you can't you can't date me if you don't know <laughs> turtles can't crawl out of their shells. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, so it is time for the Rastafari poop story. So what do you have oh. for me? I will say that like I worked with um so I worked with an anteater um on Safari um briefly and so I like didn't know. Like I didn't know about anteater poop. I had no idea. And I was just like, yeah, like, I mean, I, you know, I was like, oh, things poop. It's gross. It's fine. No. Like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that it was like, I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's their poop. And I was like, it's like, so I have a very strong stomach, but like, oh man, like that, I can't, like, I couldn't get within like three feet of it. I was like, <laughs> I had to like go get like a really long shovel. I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I um, I was not ready for what like a strictly insectivore diet did to um the bowel movements of a poor, lovely anteater. And I was just so disturbed by like the just it because it was just like it was like a whole pie left just for me. Just the most fragrant thing. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, that was really disturbing. Um and then I, I thought that um, this is unrelated to an animal that I worked with, but I, I, I thought that like wombats pooping in cubes was a joke. Like I thought that that was something that the internet devised to like just yeah, yeah, yeah. like make people think that, you know, 
Australia is a weird place. Um, and then I went there and I saw the poops and they are actually cubes. And I, I definitely, like, I was, this was not a zookeeper, like, this was one of those, like, oh, zookeeping moments that I definitely um, was not in a zookeeping setting and was, like, freaking out to my friends about because I was like, look at the poop. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's in cubes. And they were like, yeah, like, didn't you know that? And I was like, dude, no. Like, I did not know that. No, like, I thought that the internet was lying. I don't know. And then I was literally, like, I, I had to try really hard not to, like, poke at it and touch it because that would be super gross and that's how I lose friends. But um, I was literally staring at it and I was, like, moving it around with, like, sticks. And I was like, guys, I just want to look what's inside of it. And they were like, dude, no. <laughs> we're going to, like, we're on a hike. We're going to keep walking and you can come with us or you can stay here and, and not come <laughs> back with us. Amazing. I like that you think that it's uh, playing with poop that makes you lose friends. Probably talking about turtles at parties doesn't help yeah, either. But No, I know. It's I get know. the combination yeah, of no, like both fair. things. Yeah, like I'm, I should probably yeah, not touch Don't worry about it. Friends are, friends are overrated. Friends are overrated. Animals are everything. Friends are overrated. Right? It's I like fine. I have some turtles. That's all I need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I yes. really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. It. I'm so glad you came today and had this just fabulous experience. So special. And for the listeners, Rosie has just been sitting between us this whole rest of this. I am so calm. I'm so happy. I keep looking over at her and saying hi. Um, yeah, this was life changing. <gasps> Well, that happened. And as you heard, it was amazing. I'm not going to turn this podcast into a self-help book or anything, but I really want to say that facing your fears can be an amazing way to grow. I can't recommend it highly enough. For me, it took a little bit of education a whole lot of practice, starting with just coexisting in the same spaces as small spiders, then working up to taking them outside using things like cups and napkins, to eventually barehanding the small ones I would take outside, and even letting a few daddy longleggers live in my bathroom. Still, the jump from that to what you just heard was a true leap of faith, and I am so glad I took it. I'm recording this almost a full week later, and I'm still on a high from that entire experience. We are talking Pam Beasley walking over coals here, people. Also, I have to admit, there was one other thing I think really helped me in the moment. When Rosie touched me, her little hairs were soft but coarse, and they shockingly reminded me of red panda fur. As soon as I made that connection, my remaining trepidations flew away. It's funny how the mind can both create these irrational fears and then make connections like that to help break through them. I really hope you enjoyed the Ross Safari Spooky Spectacular. It's been a lot of fun to produce this for y'all. Don't forget to check out at Ross Safari on Insta and Facebook. I'll be posting a bunch of pics from my time with Rosie. Also, you can find Elmwood Park Zoo online at Elmwood Park Zoo on the socials and at elmwoodparkzoo.org. Make sure you check out their YouTube page as well, as they have done a ton of amazing virtual content since the pandemic began, including a great episode of Zoo School Live featuring Rosie. So make sure you check it out and support the zoo if you can. And as for me, well, it is my time to be leaving. But I believe I will see you again next spooky season. So until then, here are some credits. Well, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed making it. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan Burke and John Rossi. Listen and subscribe on any podcast app. 
please take the time to leave a review as it helps other people find our podcast. You can find Ross Safari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ross Safari, on the web at rossafari.com, or email me directly at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.